0: So let's welcome Sister Terry McFadden-Solomon. Good morning. It's good to see you. Are you excited about Jesus? Bless the people, though. Bless the people. Amen. All right. I'll do my best. Where I come from, where's Ron and then? Are they still, they went out? Yeah, we sing a little song, something like that in South Central LA. It says, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I could dance, 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 dance all night. That's a gospel song. When I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I could dance, 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 dance all night. Anyway. That's what, the, that's what they sing on the south side, okay? <laughs> good to see you. Are you glad to be here? Yeah. Wow. I am always glad to be in the house of the Lord, especially Newhart, with my good friends, the Canizeros, and all of the lovely people that I've come to know and love and appreciate. It's really good to be here. Amen. Well, um, this is your captain speaking. We are about to experience some turbulence. Please fasten your seat belts. This is going to be uh, a message that uh, possibly may offend some, enlighten others, and uh, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does in this place. We're trying to kind of wait for the youth to come down um, because this is a message about... Uh, the battle for the seed. And the seed is our youth, our next generation. And so many of you may be saying, well, I am not a parent, so I don't have to worry about the seed. But remember this, it takes a whole village. It takes a whole village to raise a child. So uh, I don't know how you grew up, but in the neighborhood that I grew up in, if you did something on 42nd Street, by the time you got down to 40th Street, the neighbors had already told your mama, okay, <laughs> what you, what they saw you doing, what you were supposed to be doing, and what you weren't doing, okay. Um, and and where I grew up, and it's probably illegal now, but your neighbors would just jack you up by your collar, you know what I'm saying? And say, have you lost your mind out here? You're waiting, I'm, and drag you down to your house. You you wait till your mama finds out what you did. Uh, of course, all that's illegal now by way of the enemy. You know, I think we need a few of our community and village people, you know, to intercede. But now, you know, if you say anything to their kids, you know, you don't talk to my kids. You don't say anything to my kids, you know. And uh, I used to tell my children when they were in school, I said, you know, if the teacher calls me up and I have to come up to school, and at that time I was a working parent, I said, if I got to leave my job and come up to school, let me tell you something. The teacher is always right. But what if I did? I said, no, the teacher is always right. So that would kind of keep them kind of like, you know, she's going to be on the teacher's side no matter what, you know. So uh, and if the teacher was wrong, I would. Say so, but I wouldn't say so in front of my kids because I wanted my kids to honor and respect those who are in authority. Amen, amen. So, um, <coughs> so I want to uh, preach. I said, to you, you got your, fa- your seat belts fastened? You all fastened up? Amen. Bring those youth down here. We got some seats down here. Tell them don't, uh, don't do in the back. Come on up front. Come on up front. I want to talk to y'all. I want to have a talk with you. So please, come up front. Hello? Come up front. Come to Jesus. Huh? They're, huh? Don't we have some youth? Okay, come on, youth. Youth, come up front. If you're like 18, I, I, I'm asking. I'm making a, a request. There you go. There you go. Right over here. Come. Right over here. That's where I want you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The rebellion is, is over. Amen. Praise God. All right. You can you just move that microphone, baby? Yeah. Amen. Okay, so they're in, and we are ready to launch this rocket. Okay? Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we seek your face and seek your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding today, <clears throat> we pray as we seek you, Lord, that the words that are written herein would be lifted from the pages right on the wings of the Holy Spirit and find a permanent dwelling place in the heart of everyone who hears your word. I pray that this word, the seed of this word, would be multiplied abroad, Father, that we would know how to... Be wise in this dark day, Father, and how to bring light, Lord, to a dark world. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I have for you today, or your, if your seat belts are fastened, I have for you at least one, two, three, four messages that I 'm going to preach on the clock, okay, uh, uh, as quickly as I possibly can. Um, Like I said, this could be a month-long teaching that I'm going to try to cram into uh, one message as best I can, amen, Uh, and it's a battle for the sea. So I want to start, I want you to just kind of, for your youth especially, I want you to get the movie Star Wars in your mind as I take you to the book of Revelation, okay, Revelation 12. So think about Star Wars, think about those things that are out of earth out of the earthly realm and into the space realm amen so uh in revelations 12 said they said there were as a sign that appeared in heaven it's revelation 12 and 1 and it says there was a woman that was in heaven and it says that she was about to give birth and if you read Revelation 12, 1, 2, it talks about this story, this woman. She's about to give birth, and she is travailing. She is, she is struggling with this, uh, to give, give birth to this baby. And then down a little further, it says, as the woman was moaning and groaning and about to give birth to this child, that there was a dragon that was standing there waiting for this woman to give birth to a child that he was going to devour. That's what it says in Romans 12. One through five. And it says that as the woman gives birth and the birth, she gave birth to a son, a male child, that just as the dragon was about to devour this child, that the child was caught up by God into heaven. So if you notice that uh, uh, in, I've got some feedback or something going on in my microphone that's kind of bothering me a little bit. Um, Okay, is that better? Yeah, that knocking sound. Okay, let's see. Get away from my face. Um, So as, as she is about, as she gives birth to this male child, it says that a dragon comes to devour the child. And it says as the dragon was about to devour the child, the child is caught up to heaven and God catches the child and carries the child away to a safe place. And so a lot of what we see in baby dedications is the the priest or the pastor lifting the child up to God. And it's almost symbolic of what happens in 12.1, that I know the dragon is waiting to devour this child. So I am giving this child back into your hands, O Lord, that you might protect this child and keep this child safe. All of this is symbolism. Now, the Star Wars part. It suddenly changes scenes. And after this woman gives birth to the child, the child is caught up to God, and it says that woman, there's a place in the wilderness that is prepared for the woman where the woman is protected. Now, that's scene one. Scene two, Revelations, and it starts at verse 7, 12 and 7. If you have your Bible, you should open up and read with me, okay? In verse 7, it says this, and it's like a change of scene and a change in the action. And it says this, and there was a great war in heaven. And the devil and his angels fought against Michael and his angels. Now, I thought that's interesting because Jesus didn't even bother to come to the battle. So y'all think that Satan is, 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 is God's equal. He's not. He was created by God. He's not his equal. So when the battle broke out, God said, you know, uh, send somebody to deal with him, okay? So he sends Michael, the archangel, and he kicks Satan out of heaven and him and one-third of the angels that followed Satan and believed him, he kicks them out of heaven. And then anybody reading the Bible, anybody following along, does it say where they kicked him to? Yeah. Uh, huh? They kicked him into the earth. He and all of his angels are kicked out of heaven, and now these angels become demons, okay? They have lost their, their, their righteous place in heaven, and they become demonic forces. And the Bible says that they are kicked out into the earth. Now, I don't believe that Jesus or, uh, uh, kicked the devil out. Michael kicked the devil out of heaven into a beautiful lush garden with five rivers, okay? And, God, I believe that he kicked them out when the earth was unformed, because Revel- Genesis 1 and1 1 says, "And the earth was void and was out form." And God said, "Let there be light." but I think that the devil was there first. There's no scriptural reference, except it says that the devil was kicked into the earth. I know he was not kicked into a lush garden. okay? I think he was kicked into the unformed earth, where it was dark and it was cold and it was void and was form. And all of a sudden, he and his demons are in the earth. and one day a voice says, Let there be light. And things like, What? What just happened here? Let there be meadows. What? Let there be cool streams. What? You know, and they're like, what's happening here? Let there be grass, let there be flowers, let there be trees. Now let's make the sea teem with fish, and it will reproduce. Watch what I'm saying. Read Revelations 1 when you get home. After its own kind. Say that with me, after its own kind. After its own kind. The fish of the sea will produce after. And then he said, and let there be the beast of the field and all kind of creeping things. And let them reproduce after their... After their own kind. The only way they could reproduce after their own kind according to God's creation was there had to be a male of the species and a female of the species. And that is why Noah, when he built the ark, he took two of every animal and every being. Why did he take two? Because he needed what? A male and a female so that when the flood ceased and they went into this new place, they would be able to do what? Reproduce what? After what? Okay, so you see the process of creation. You got that? So now he says, "Let us make man after our own image, in our own likeness." In other words, he's saying, "After our," okay. he said, "Let us make man, and I will give them the male, and let us make them male and Amen. after their own kind that they may reap." to the earth that they may be fruitful that they may multiply after their own kind so guess who is standing in the shadows listening to this who's listening and who else is listening his demons like what you got to be kidding me for real he's, he's giving this creature that is like him authority and dominion in the earth no way this is, this is just too much. We've been in darkness and void, and now we've got green grass and trees for us to enjoy. And what does he do? He puts the man and the woman in charge. Yeah. And not only are they going to be in charge, but they are going to reproduce after their own kind. And so we've got all of these people that are in charge, and we're not. Yeah. we got to do something about this let's have a meeting okay deception always works well let's 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 deceive them and i want you to know that this serpent this demon is not crawling on the ground he is standing up and he's beautiful because that's how god created him beautiful if you if you want to read back over some of the descriptions of lucifer he was beautiful he had pipes, he was a singer, he was a musician. He was covered with all kinds of jewels. He was beautiful. And he says to the woman, he says, has not God said such and such and such and such and such? And the woman said, oh yeah, well, uh yeah, perhaps you're right. He says, you can touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Y'all know this, do you know the story? You know the story? You know the story? And you know, she eats and she gives it to her husband and then literally all hell breaks loose. Yeah. That's exactly what broke loose. And so I want to open this story in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, um, 14, where God is so angry that the man and the woman have disobeyed him. In Genesis three, fourteen, he says this. Then God said to the serpent, cursed are you on the ground and you will eat the dust for all of your days. Oh, this is so interesting because let me ask you a question, Charles. What did man, what did God form man out of? Uh, The dust. dust. And what does he do to Satan? He causes him to crawl and eat the dust. He says, yeah, he says, you may hate man, but you are going to be reminded every day that you exist, that he is above you. And he says this in 15. I'm finishing my first sermon, okay? (laughs) I will cause hostility between you and the woman. This is Genesis 3.15. And between your seed and her seed. And he, the woman's seed, will strike your head and your seed will strike his heel. Hmm. Another translation says, I will cause enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and, or her offspring and your offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Are y'all still with me? Are we good? We good so far? Good. Okay. Um, so there's a war now between the woman's seed and the seed of the serpent. Now, here's the head scratcher. We know that God created all life. Is that correct? We know that Satan is sterile. He is not a creator. So where does he get seed from? Where does he get offspring from if, he is, cannot create life. Go with me to 58. Ooh, I wish somebody was taking notes. I wish people were writing this down because you're going to need this. I'm telling you, the war is coming. It is here, and you need this. You need to write this down. It says in Psalms 58.3, Even from birth, The wicked go astray from the womb. They are wayward, spreading lies as soon as they go forth from the womb. What does that mean? How can you be wicked from the womb? How does that work? Well, if the mother is doing drugs, then you got what? We know what it is, a drug baby. Hello, anybody? Talk to me, talk to me. Have you ever heard of a drug baby? Have you ever heard of a woman? Have you ever heard of a club baby? Do you know what a club baby is? Those are girls that go out partying on the weekend and get pregnant, don't even know who the father is. And they end up on, what's that show on TV? Mari, Mari Povich? You know, that is sad. Well, we are going to see, was it Father A? Was it Father B? Was it Father C? Was it Father D? You are the father. That's sad. And that is where, that is where Satan begins. He begins in the womb, stealing seed, so that they come forth from the womb all messed up m- m- into jacked-up families, jacked-up situations, into foster care. Because you had a baby that you didn't want, or even worse, that they don't even get to be born. Because anybody that God puts in the womb, he puts in the womb with a purpose, with an agenda, with gifts, and with talents. And so when you abort those babies, you have robbed the earth of the gifts that God wanted for them, wanted to give to the earth. So there is a war. So since Satan cannot create life, he has to steal it. And so the seed of evil or the, 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 that the offspring of evil is now at war against the offspring from God, godly offspring. And God tells Lucifer, he says, guess what? The seed of the woman is going to destroy you. And he was talking about Jesus and the work that he would do on the cross. He says, yeah, your seed may strike his heel, mean you're going to wound him. But he is going to totally destroy you. Oh, yes. There's difference yes. between a head wound oh, yes. and a heel wound, right? You, okay, that's the end of sermon one. Somebody say amen. Anybody amen. want to get saved yet? Amen. 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 All right. Sermon number two, amen. amen. So if there's a war between... Satan's children and the children of God. Are anybody seeing this in the earth now? Anybody seeing it? Raise your hand if you're seeing the war that's going on. How does he recruit seed? How does, how does Satan go about finding children that are going to serve him as opposed to children that are going to serve God? I want to give you three ways that he goes about recruiting seed. He goes through. To, he recruits seed through entertainment. He recruits seed through drugs. He recruits seed through sexuality. There are three ways that he uses. Three tools that he uses to turn children from serving God to serving the enemy. And I want to tell you this: it is generational, because if he can bring a child up. In an alcoholic home, guess what that child will be when he grows up. Alcoholics. an alcoholic, and guess what his children will be uh, be when they grow up. Alcoholics. So you see that when he attacks the seed, he is doing it generationally. He is making sure that not only does he destroy you but he destroys your children, he destroys your children 's children 's children. This stuff is so generational you can you can trace stuff back generations generations of good and generations of evil and so this is the other thing that you have to recognize my babies my children you have to make sure that when you connect your seed to someone that you meet and want to marry that you are gonna produce a generation of godly seed because that's another trick of the enemy. He will come and have someone lure you, oh baby, I love you, oh you're so fine, you're so cute, you're so wonderful, oh yeah, I'm gonna give you the moon, the stars and the heavens and whatnot. And what is he there for? You don't understand what he's there for, to destroy the next generation that is hidden in your belly, that's hidden in in your sperm. He's there to make sure that whatever comes out of you is not a servant of the Most High, but he's a servant of the enemy. And so he uses three major tools. He uses many tools, but I want to talk about the three major tools. The first one is entertainment. We love being entertained, we love entertainers, but what is entertainment? well let's break down the word e n t e r where's my guy put up enter for me enter enter what happens when something enters you talk to me huh it possesses you it, possesses you. it comes into you it enters you and then the 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 word tame uh, um, that that comes from it means it comes from a pre a suffix that means to hold on to so he enters you and then he holds it holds on to you and then entertain well what does the word mint mean well mint turns a verb into a noun okay it's a suffix that turns it th- okay here we go let's go to english 101 turns a verb into a noun it is a suffix and so when we talk about cement, what does cement mean? What does cement do? Harden, harden. Huh? Harden. It hardens. So to judge is a verb. But if judgment means that it's been passed, it's been done. Anytime you put mint on the on, as a suffix, it means that things is fixed. And what is it? Judgment? Cement? Think of another word with an on the end. Huh? Commitment. Commit. Dang, that's a good one. Commitment. It means that you commit, but when you commit, commit is a verb. It means an action that you take, but when it becomes commitment, it means that now it's solidified. It cannot move. Right. So to entertain is something that enters you, and then it put, gets a hole on you, and then entertain. The mint means that you believe that thing, You believe that thing, I mean, that's what social media does. That's the whole idea, to get you to believe that these people are real, these people are true. These people love me, they care about me. Do you you hear this music? Do you hear the words? They mean so much to me. They mean so much to me that they have become cement in my thinking, in my mindset. It seals the deal. Whatever you're listening to, whatever rap music you're listening to, even whatever oldies you listen to, whatever you're listening to, if you, whatever it is, and that's why whenever I, I feel uh, distressed, or I feel disturbed, I start singing a worship song, yeah. because I want it to cement into my thinking, into my mindset, my mindset. And so what you are listening to, what you are reading, what you're watching on TV is what you are becoming. I was watching the news story the other day about a little girl that was, <laughs> did anybody see that? It was the guy trying to attack her at the bus stop, and she got in a fight with him, and she said that she, uh, she was working with some little glue stuff or something. Anybody hear that story? She had been working with some glue stuff, and she put it on his shirt so that when the police found him, they would connect him. and they said, well, how did you know to do that? She said, I learned that from, uh, what was that show? She said she watched uh, huh? From watching crime shows. <laughs> you know, and she did escape, but that, but in, in the terror of the moment, it was the crime show that she was watching that was cemented her, that she reacted that way, okay? Now, I, 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 um, uh, when my daughter was little and they um, had uh, told her that her leg, one leg was shorter than the other, and they said, well, you know, it's not going to grow. She says, yes, it is. She says, in the name of Jesus. She said, Jesus, my healer, because that is what was, what, cemented in her mind that no matter what she was going through or what she believed, It was going to heal her. Another little boy uh, in Atlanta, a guy grabbed him out of his front yard, kidnapped him. He was like five or six years old. The guy put him in the car and it says, you can see this on YouTube too. And uh, he starts singing, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have the victory. And the guy said, shut up, shut up, shut up. He said, in the name of Jesus. The guy pulled up the corner and threw the kid out the car. In a time of crisis, whatever we cement into our mind, what we have ever, we've entertained ourselves with, with the word of God or or some junk that we see on TV that has become our reality, that is how we react in a crisis. That is how we live. That is how we respond to stuff. That's how that works. And so in Daniel, I love this, Daniel, uh, Daniel 3.14. Uh, there were three little guys you have heard of them in the book of Daniel, Meshach, Sharak, Abednego, you heard of him. And anyway, they had a music festival in uh in Babylon. And they built this gold statue. And they said, Now when you hear the music, Daniel 3:14, 15, and everybody bowed down and worshiped the golden idol. What do we make entertainers? When you hear the music, everyone bow down and worship the golden idol. And Nebuchadnezzar heard, came back to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, "Uh, uh, I heard that that it said that, is it true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the image of the golden idols that I have set before you? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from me? He said, you're going you're to dance to my music. You're gonna embrace this music. You don't. You're going in the fiery furnace, and nothing's gonna help you. And a lot of us, when we, well, young people especially, when we don't embrace certain lifestyles, certain things that our friends are, it's like you're going in the furnace, buddy. You're gonna be the outcast in this one, and nobody's gonna want to be around you. Nobody's gonna want to hang out. Nobody's gonna social. You're gonna be the weirdo, the oddball. No, no one's gonna be. And and you know what? <laughs> I, I have to I have to laugh because every time I go on uh on online or watch TV now the, the all the ladies have the lashes that are like come brushing up against the camera there so long, you know yes, and so and so and so and so, and I'm like, do you know how ridiculous you look I mean la- a little lash I can understand that, but I'm talking about dust broom dust mops <laughs> hanging over your eyes because why are you doing that because you want everybody to love you. You don't want to be thrown into the fire, fires of rejection. You don't want to deal with rejection. So you listen to the music. Hands up, 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 up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. They know. But the thing is that Meshach Shadrach and Abednego said, we ain't bowing down to that. I don't care how odd it looks. And you know what, he says, and, and I love this, what it says is, go, back, go read this when you get home. And the king says, nobody's gonna be delivering you. When I throw you into my fire, fire furnace, it's gonna be so hot, you'll never get out. You'll, and they said, you know what, king? Oh, oh, king, oh, gracious one. He says, even if our God does not deliver us, we will not bow down and worship you. That is commitment. Real commitment yeah. sermon number three Amen. drugs and pharmaceuticals now, even without the illegal drugs there there came a time when the public schools when if a kid was rambunctious or high energy, they would put them on drugs yeah. they, they put rid so I had my oldest grandson um, who uh graduated from college and now is, is uh, head of uh, um, advertising and all that kind of stuff for a major, major department store, okay, doing very well in life, he and his family, but when he was like seven or eight years old, he was a rambunctious little kid, and so the teacher says, we're going to put your child on Redland, okay. Because they 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 uh they called him ADD. They gave some title reason why. She said you ain't putting my child on <laughs> no medication, you know. And so she began to homeschool him, and she homeschooled him all the way through to high school. He got a schol- college scholarship, graduated from college, and now is doing very well. But it had she allowed them to do that, you know, so parents listen to me, grandparents, when they try to put your kids on drugs, you better start looking for an alternative. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I know that if you pray, that God will provide a way. Now, am I saying don't put your kids on any drugs? Of course not. There are times when your kids, for one reason or another, are going to need to be medicated. But just jumping up as your first choice because somebody told you uh, because that's what you have to do, you better think it through and you better know because it's going to change the course of their life. So what happens? Oh, this is what disturbs me. Charles, this disturbs me. The fact that they would legalize vaping, that they would legalize marijuana and then be stupid enough to put TV commercials saying, don't vape, don't use drugs. Well, what the heck did you legalize it for? And I'm gonna tell you something. In my generation, the parents would stand up and say, oh, no, you're not legalizing this for around my kids. The church would stand up and say, oh, no, that's not going to happen. But now we just kind of sit back in our cozy, you know, and let them pass whatever bills we want to pass because we don't want to be the bad guy. We don't want anybody to talk about us. Even pastors sitting back with a do-nothing attitude. Well, you know, that's the way things go. There was certain music, literally. I'm telling you, young people, you weren't there, but I'm telling you that during the 60s and the 50s, 60s, and 70s, if they tried to put a little Richard on the radio, and y'all don't know who little Richard is, but he has some wild songs, okay? And I, you ain't playing little Richard on this station. That's not going to happen. The preacher would come down. The priest would come down. The mothers would come down. They would turn that station off. They would go to the record stores and, and, and stop them from selling it. Because they didn't want their kids exposed. To now we do nothing to defend our children. Right. We say nothing, we do nothing. Right. And I'm trying to get you to get up yeah. Amen. and defend the faith to protect your seed. Yeah. Get in the battle. Yeah. Well, I don't have any kids. You have grandkids, you have nieces, you have nephews, yeah. defend yeah. them. That's somebody else's job. It's your job. It's the job of the village to protect them. What am I on now, sermon number five? Oh yeah, sermon number four. The whole drug culture. They've legalized drugs. And let me tell you something. A lot of people are saying this whole thing. Well, marijuana is not addicting. Well, come to my house and I will show you pictures of all my addicted marijuana family members. It becomes a dependent drug and it becomes a gateway to other drugs. And I know it's popular. How many of you are tired of hearing fraternities that made guys drink so much alcohol that they literally died from alcohol poisoning? How many kids had their, the whole trajectory of their lives have been changed because when they were in college they started drinking? And that became the way they solved their problems. Well, I I don't drink a lot, I only drink on the weekends, I'm on the social, but that's the door that's open. And so when you open a door socially, to alcohol, to drugs, whatever you open that door socially to calm you and soothe you, when you get in trouble, that door is gonna get open wider and you're gonna do more of that thing. And that's why you you don't play with that kind of stuff because it's an open door. Even even if it's just an unlocked door and you know that you have left that door unlocked. Well, if it's a special occasion, then I might have a drink or blah, 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 blah. When you get in a crisis, you're going to go get drunk. You're going to go get high. You're going to try something that you haven't tried before. You're going to do that because it's available to you because the culture has become corrupt. But what I love about the fact that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had come from an, a, a corrupt culture. That's why they were in Babylon as, as, as captives because Israel had fallen because of corruption. So they had shipped off to Babylon. They became prisoners in Babylon, but yet they still knew how to live holy. How did they know how to live holy when the, when the town was so corrupt? Because one preacher, Jeremiah, stood up, took the heat, was willing to go to jail, was willing to be beaten, abused, whatever, just to put the word out there and say, don't go that way. Don't follow that. It's destruction. It is the devil trying to steal you from God. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to steal your future from God. Every one that comes out of the womb, the first thing he tries to do is make you feel like, oh, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm nobody special, I don't have any gifts, I don't have any. How do you know you ain't lived long enough? Yeah. I was a big mouth when I was little. Always telling lies. Anything I wanted to get out of, I would tell a lie. And my mother said, you're just a little liar. That's all you are. You just lie, lie, lie. And you know what my dad said? She's not a liar. She has a vivid imagination. And I went on to become a writer. He said, she tells the best lies ever. She is so creative with her lies. She doesn't just tell you a lie and stumble through it. She paints a picture of what she said happened, even if it's not real. He said, that's a gift. My father recognized it when my mother didn't. So even the things that you get accused of, even the things that you think are things that are stupid about you, that may be the very thing that meant that God is going to hone and shape and mold into your future. That's gonna make you have a glorious future. Don't let the devil tell you negative things about yourself. Every high fashion model that I've seen, you see pictures of them when they were little. Say, <laughs> like, Dad, that was Sidney Crawford at 12. You don't know what the future don't give up on yourself before you know and and start taking drugs because you can't stand yourself, start cutting yourself because life is so horrible. God wants to turn your wounds into weapons. The very thing that you go through as a child is the very thing that you're gonna be strong in as an adult. I was abused as a child. You know what my first ministry was when I became adult? To abuse people. God turned my wounds into weapons. So, whatever you're going through, if you're a person that's going through depression, pray until God brings you out of that. And guess what your ministry will be down the road? Helping people come out of depression. And you do it with the word of God. Final sermon. You ready? Am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? The third one, and the big one that he uses. Because remember I said in Genesis that the whole idea of creation was for it to produce after its own kind and after its own likeness. And that always comes through sexuality and mating. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Because God wants you to produce godly seed to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And you've got to be careful that you protect your seed and that you teach your daughters and your sons. And a lot of them, you'll teach our daughters to protect their seed, but you won't teach your sons. And they got babies over here and babies over there. Babies they don't even know about. Because yeah. he used them to bring forth ungodly seed. So this is the whole thing, sexuality. Oh. Here we go, Lord. I want to start, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to start nice, okay? <laughs> First Corinthians 618. If you, if you, can you put, can we stop putting, where are you at? Come on, buddy. Do me up here. Put some scriptures up. First Corinthians six eight six 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 6 and 9. I'm sorry, 6 and 9. You got your sheet up there? You got the sheet up there? Yeah. I gave it to him. You can't do it? No. Oh, okay. So, well, anyway. 1 Corinthians, sorry I apologize. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Do, do not know that the end. No, I don't want to start. That one's too tough. Ooh, I better <laughs> do something nicer. Okay. 1 um, Corinthians 6.18. That's, that's nicer. That's easier. Okay? That's nice. 6.18 says flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexual immorality, but sexually immoral people sin against their own body. What does that mean? It means that when you start mixing saliva, Charles, give me a Kleenex, please. Thank you. One's fine. So, and Charles, here, we're in love. And I have just filled this tissue with body fluids. Charles, do you love me? Yeah. Here, use this on your nose. Oh my God no. It's just body fluids. We love each other. That's the same body fluids that comes out of other parts of your body. And if you wouldn't take a tissue and blow it on your mate's nose or your boyfriend's nose, why would you let them have access to the fluids in your body? Uh, Was that too graphic? No, no, no. If you had a sore on your arm and you put a Band-Aid on it, okay, and then your friend had a sore on their arm, say, hey, I got." you. You can use my Band-Aid. You wouldn't do that, would you? And what happens is, if you say, if you have a Band-Aid on you, where's my little tissue? I'm going to use this. This There's a Band-Aid. And this Band-Aid represents the person you love. This is you and me. We are one. We are together. I love you forever. And then you meet somebody else and you strip off that Band-Aid and say, come here. <laughs> now you, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you and I, we're together forever. And then that didn't work out, you take the Band-Aid off. It meets my, this is the one, I love you. What have you just done? Wait a minute, you might be missing this. You're thinking about the fluids and everything that you've exchanged, but I'm talking about the glue that holds the Band-Aid on. Yeah. So you think that you can stick in a relationship, but when you go from relationship to relationship to relationship, what happens to the glue? You have lost your glue, and then you meet the right person. They're the perfect person for you, and you got no stickability, because you've given it all away. So when he says flee immorality for every sin that a person commits is outside of the body, but sexual sin, you really impact your body. Yeah. That wasn't too bad, was it? Second, first Corinthians 10, eight. Here's a, here's a friendly reminder that the writer is reminding him of what happened in the Old Testament. It says, we must not indulge in sexual morality as some of them did, talking about the Old Testament, and 23,000 fell in a single day. What did that mean? It mean that a plague broke out and they had no penicillin. And people were just dropping like flies. It was like COVID-19, but sexual. He said people just died. So he said, well, we got, we got antibiotics now. Guess what? a lot of people cannot have babies to this very day because they had some kind of sexually transmitted disease and it left them sterile. A lot of people cannot have babies today because they had so many abortions that the whole uterine wall has totally destroyed and now they can't hold the baby. So Don't think, don't, don't think that using abortion as your birth control is going to protect you. Maybe for that moment, from that life, but the guilt that's gonna follow that, the infertility that's gonna follow that. Am I being too graphic? Just say yes if I am. You're all awfully quiet. Okay, here's the big one. Because now we live in an age where there are all kinds of sexual choices that people are making. And so 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says this, Do you not know, if you have your Bibles, underline this one. Please underline this one. For all the social, political, legal arguments that they have. It says this. 1 Corinthians 6 uh, 6 and 9. This is the one I held back because I figured y'all weren't ready for it. Okay? Is do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? What does that mean? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You ain't going to heaven. Okay. So, want to get clear. I do, This is not the book of Terry. Okay? This is the book of Corinthians. I did not write this. This is not a social opinion. This is what the word of God says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Listen, listen, listen. Neither fornicators nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor effeminates, nor those who practice homosexually, nor men who submit to perform homosexual acts will enter the kingdom. My God, does that make it plain for you? Y'all are too quiet. Y'all are too quiet out there. He said that anybody practicing adultery, not just homosexual, adultery, anybody that's practicing fornication, sleeping around, anybody that commits homosexual acts, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I did not say that. The Bible says that. So does that make homosexuality right or wrong? Hello. I didn't say that. Y'all said that. I did not say it. So here's what happened. Until a few years ago, and I'm closing, I promise to close. Okay, y'all, y'all will make it to the cafe before the before they put everything away, all right? For lunch. For brunch. In the third in the third century, there was an emperor, a Roman emperor, his name was Constantine. Y'all might want to know this. I know people don't like history much. But Constantine left the Roman idolatry worship where they worship many, many gods. And he converted through his mother. See, his mother changed that seed from ungodly to godly. His mother introduced him to Jesus. And Constantine had a dream. And Jesus came to him in a dream because Constantine was getting ready to go into battle. He says, if you take the cross and if you follow me, He says, I will give you the victory. And Constantine converted to Christianity and he followed Jesus and he won every battle. And so he comes back and says, we are now gonna live by the word of God. And one of the issues that they had in Rome at the time was the issue of homosexuality and believe it or not, same-sex marriage. All of that was going on in Rome. And Constantine says nope it's illegal (laughs) back to Genesis his seed is gonna kick your seed's butt destroy it you might put a little dent in his seed but boy this seed is coming for you Satan and so Constantine's children when they grew up and became rulers they took it to the next level and um And his son, Theodorian, he wrote the Theodorian Code, and his son, Lex Dia, they wrote two codes that said anybody, woman or man, that was practicing homosexually should be put to death. And everybody in Rome that was a homosexual, if it became public that they were homosexual, they were put to death. And that whole code passed through Europe. And all over Europe, England, France, anywhere, anywhere there was practicing homosexuality, they were put to death. And that's why, until recently, that's why they had to pass laws in America pro-homosexual because from the Roman Empire, from Constantine down, homosexuality was considered illegal. Mm -hmm. Did anybody know that? Anybody know all of a sudden what? Well, why, why haven't homosexuals always been accepted in culture? Because of the Romans. Because of Constantine. Constantine made a law that said it was illegal. It was punishable by, by death. And so, all of a sudden, a generation grew up and said, you know what, we're tired of being in the closet. You know, I don't care what Constantine said. But let me tell you what Constantine based this on. Go to Leviticus. Write this down, Leviticus. Leviticus 18, 22 20, uh, uh, 22 and twenty-thirteen. Leviticus 18, that whole thing, verse 22, verse 20, and verse 13, all three, the book of Leviticus. It says a man should not sleep with a man sexually. A woman should not sleep with a woman sexually. It says, for in doing so, it is an abomination to God. And let me tell you what an abomination is. Are y'all still here? Y'all about to die, I know. Oh my God, is she gonna ever stop? Sin is when you move toward God and you veer off and miss the mark. An abomination is when you turn your back. I am not even interested in what God has to say. That's an abomination. He said, it's an abomination. It means that they have totally, they didn't even think about doing it my way. They were determined to do it. He says it's an abomination. He says, in none of these things defile yourself. Well, what does it mean to defile? Well, I was a nurse many years ago and I worked in the operating room. And you cannot see disease. But when you pass instruments to a doctor, if something falls, if something gets contaminated by getting out of the sterile area, it is known as defiled or contaminated. And you have to break down the whole area and start all over again. Because even though you cannot see, Somebody is on that table with their body wide open. And what you cannot see can kill them later on. So when he says, and none of these things defile yourself, he's saying, don't contaminate yourself. You don't understand. If you do this, you will die. He says, and the earth will vomit you out. Romans. Romans. I'm telling you what Constantine went by. Romans 1, 24, 25, 20, Romans chapter 1, verse 24, 27. It goes on to talk about homosexuality and how it's it's a destructive behavior. Let me tell you, I am not saying anything about what I think about homosexuality. I am telling you the history and what the Bible says about it. So now it's up to you to decide, who am I going to follow? Because right now we have a new wave that was not with us 20 years ago called transgenderism, where you can take hormones if you're a woman and you can become a man. Or if you're a man, you can take hormones. You can take estrogen and become a woman. If you're a woman, you can take testosterone and become a man. The problem is that it will increase your risk of heart attack if you do that. Severe liver dysfunction, high blood pressure, um, uterine uh, uh, and breast and ovarian cancer, abnormal hair growth on face, chest, and other areas depending, changing your voice. These changes are permanent. Irritability, aggressiveness, recklessness, dangerous behavior, increased risk of depression and psychotic symptoms, and the highest rate of suicide of any other group. And because of all of the hormone replacements, it says 10 years. Uh, Is this right, Charles? Suicide is something that is inevitable or some kind of sickness within a 10-year period. So before you decide to let your kids start doing sex change operations, you better check. And the thing is the doctors won't tell you. They will not tell you that this practice is not even approved by the FDA. But they're just doing it. They're not telling you that your kids can go and have this done without your permission. That's what's going on. And why is it going on? Because Satan wants seed. He needs those who are rejecting the word of God and following his plan for for his kingdom and not God's kingdom. So you got all of these things working against you. And on a personal note, we had a phone call, and I think I shared this before, I'm going to share it again. We had a call from a family member who said "Um, he doesn't want to be called Jimmy anymore, and I'm just using hypothetical names. He wants the family to now refer to him as Jane. He's having uh, the hormone replacement treatment, and he wants to change genders. I know he's very young, but he's decided that he wasn't well, this is what he wants to do. And we feel that if we don't go along with this, he's going to kill himself. You know And my husband said, "Do you know what number you called?" Is this, is, this a, is this a prank call? Do you really think that I am going to entertain a demon? Because Jane is a demon. Jimmy is my family. Jane is someone who wants to invade Jimmy. I will never, never address Jane except to tell Jane to go back to hell where she came from. Do you think our family liked us for coming to that situation? For coming to that? To that do you think they liked us? Well, you're just old and cranky. You know, you, you just don't understand modern life. I understand that 20 years ago there was no hormone replacement. There was no Jane. So I am not going to submit, and it's going to take courage. And like I said, It's not our opinion. If you wanted to change Jane to Jimmy or Jimmy to Jane, and this wasn't standing in the way, I'm like, cool. You know, go for it. (laughs) That's what you want to do. But the word of God, I have to honor and respect because this is the same word that puts food on my table. That puts health in my bones, that puts salvation in my soul, that puts peace in my home. So why would I go to a part of it that I just don't happen to agree with, that I know is demonic and satanic, according to God, who knows that I know that if you go this way, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. According to not me, but the word, why would I make one part of the word valid and the other part of the word invalid? You've got to decide. Either you're going to believe the whole counsel of God's word or take it and throw it in the trash. Yeah, I know right. Either it's all or nothing. Yeah. When you're dating someone and you're in a committed relationship and you say, and they say, let's go to the movie Saturday. And you say, well, no, I've got a date with Harry on Saturday. Well, what about Sunday? Oh, no, I'm going to be with Mike on Sunday. Wait a minute. I thought we had a thing. Yeah. Either we have a thing. Oh, we don't. Yeah. And if we have a thing, don't be talking about Harry and Mike and who all them other people. It's you and me. And God says, you can't go around believing what you want to believe and doing what you want to do. Either you believe my word or you don't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's your decision today. Yeah. That's your decision today. Yeah. Because it's going to happen in your family. I had... a. Uh, my friend said uh, her, her sister had a wedding in her backyard her her daughter her, who was used to be her son became a daughter and he married a woman and two girls walking down the aisle both of them had wedding dresses on and she cried and cried and cried she says I love the Lord but I love my son and what happens is we love our kids so we want to go along with this but who do you love more yeah. the thing is that we are believing God in our family. We are trusting God that if we stand on his word, that he's going to bring our family members out of this. Or either they are going to have to respect us and know that this is God's way. Walk there in it. Yeah. And at some point, they'll come back to God. That. That's what we're believing. That's what I want you to believe. Yeah. If they were on drugs, you gotta believe that they're coming back to God. I'm telling you when Charles and I were coming out here, On the car this morning, the Holy Ghost fell in our car, and we were believing God for family members who are just all over the place, doing drugs, doing the sexual things, and, you know, all over the place. And we said, you know what, no, 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 no. We will not waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God. We're fully persuaded that what God promised, he's able to perform, and therefore it's accounted unto us as righteousness. Oh, so now you're a Bible sufferer. Yeah, and I'm a Holy Ghost roller, okay? Yeah. I'm a devil chaser, yeah. okay? I'm a heaven-bound, yeah. yeah, I'm all of that. You can call me what you want. Yeah. Right. And God is looking for young people who will be on fire for him, yeah. who will be willing to go in the furnace for him yeah. and say, I will not bow down yeah. to your way of doing things. And it takes courage. And so many of the devil has just punked you. God said, that's okay. I've got me some seed. They are not punks. They are powerful. They are priests unto me. I dare you to be bold for God. I dare you to make a decision about how you're going to live your life. Most pulpits won't even mention this because pretty soon it's going to be against the law to mention it. You're going to be ostracized even mentioned, mention Pastor Chuck right now we speak protection over this church that we have spoken against unrighteousness and Lord I pray that you would not diminish the church because of it but you will add to the church in Jesus name. You will multiply righteousness in this house in Jesus name. Father, I thank you. There may be someone right now, and you're saying, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my family member. I'm praying for my children. They have gone astray. They have become seeds of the enemy. They are, are, are undecided. One day they're in, the next day they're out. I want to make sure that I am righteous before the Lord. If that's you, just stand up right now. Or stand and stand up for someone right now. And I want to pray with you right now. You're standing for someone in your family. You're standing for your friends. Do you have friends that are caught up with the enemy? Stand up for them right now. Say, yeah, I'm standing up for them right now. Yeah. I'm standing up for my friends. There's a song up there that says talking to Jesus. Do you have that? Do you have it up there? You don't? You do? You don't? Because I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would stir up our faith, stir up our desire and our will, Lord, to be righteous, especially among our young people, Father. I pray right now, Lord, that they would not live in fear of the enemy, of their peers, Lord and they would decide to be bold for what is they know the word of God saying for what is holy and for what is right I pray Lord for the sons the daughters the grandchildren the nieces the nephews the mates the wives and husbands that are sexually confused they're into all kinds of pornography Job says I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon anything that is evil Job made a covenant with his eyes concerning pornography, concerning evil things. So, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I know that you hear from heaven. Just speak their names under your breath right now. Just speak their names under your breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak their names under your breath right now. Speak deliverance to them. Speak holiness. Speak to their minds right now their minds may be set free speak to them right now lord lord send your ministering angels lord to touch them to transform them to what is right not my will lord it's not about my will thy will be done in the lives of my loved ones for i ask it in jesus name amen if there's anyone here You say, I am not in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want to be. I want to enter into heaven when this life is done. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I see you, brother. I see you. I see you. I see you. you. And just say this prayer with me. Some of you need to rededicate you've fallen away from God, and you need to rededicate your life. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and become Lord and Savior of my life. I receive you now as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.